Good morning. Welcome to the mighty metro region of the Los Angeles Church of Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in to our worship service and joining us today. We look forward to a great service. I hope you're uh, encouraged so far by uh, everything going on in our service. Let's go to God in prayer and let's begin our lesson. Let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you so much for Jesus. Uh, we're just grateful that we could be in your kingdom, and we look forward to talking about that today. Thank you so much for all of our friends and family uh, joining us and tuning in this morning. We pray that we could be challenged by your word, that we can look to Jesus for answers, uh, that we can en- our church can engage in the world and and do battle with the right weapons, like spiritual weapons that we talked about in the last couple weeks. God, we love you. We thank you so much for Jesus. We pray these things in his name. Amen. You know, we've been doing a series in our Sunday services called Jesus. And Robert's been teaching about that. Uh, He's done a lesson called The Great Physician. He's done a lesson called The Great Teacher. Uh, We got to hear from Dr. Ben Barnett from Atlanta. And I hope you were very inspired by that time. We had a great Father's Day message last week. Today, this morning, my message is going to be about Jesus the Herald. Jesus the Herald. Now, what is a herald? Uh, A herald is one who announces good news. And we could use some good news these days, can't we? You know, there's so much challenging news, difficult news going on in America today. We've just come out of about roughly about four months of COVID-19. There's almost 2.4 million cases in the United States with over 120,000 deaths. That's been very uh, sobering. Over 1 million people have recovered who have had COVID-19. There's over 20.5 million People unemployed in the United States. We've been starting to open up again, right? All throughout the country. Uh, Los Angeles has opened up uh, over the last few weeks. And I was watching the news the other day and COVID cases are rising again. There's some different spikes going on in different cities in California. We've been able to see the deaths of Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor and George Floyd and at the hands of police brutality. And we've seen violent protests, rioting, looting, and destroying of private property all throughout the LA area. You know, and a question I have this morning is, how is our church going to be able to engage in the world and engage these challenges that are going on? I love being a part of a church that isn't going to just sit back and be silent, but we can engage with with the teachings of Jesus and, and the kingdom of God. And uh, I do appreciate it the, two weeks ago hearing from Dr. Ben Barnett and how we can engage the world through, uh, you know, educating ourselves who our city, state, national leaders are. And officials are what policies they have. We can engage in the world like that and bring about change. Uh, But we all know that what can really challenge us is what has recently come up on the news with racism. And how racism exists definitely in the United States, but it also exists in churches because we are people. And we come to church and are part of different churches. In all of this, though, God always has a plan. And for centuries, he's had a plan to change the world and transform the world. And 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 
in a pl- to a place where we can have an incredible society, an incredible community of people that there is no racism, no prejudice or discrimination going on. There is that hope. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. And Jesus came as a herald to announce the good news of God to his people. And we can get so much encouragement from that. We're going to be watching a video right now called The Gospel of the Kingdom, The Good News of the Kingdom. Let's watch. There's this beautiful poem. It's in the book of Isaiah. The city of Jerusalem has just been destroyed by Babylon, a great kingdom in the north. And all of these Jewish people, they've been sent away into exile, but a few remained in the city. And they're left wondering, what just happened? Has our God abandoned us? Right, because Jerusalem was supposed to be the city where God would reign over the world to bring peace and blessing to everyone. Now, Isaiah had been saying that Jerusalem's destruction was a mess of Israel's own making. They had turned away from their God, become corrupt, and so their city and their temple were destroyed. Yeah, everything seems lost. But the poem goes on. There's a watchman on the city walls. And far out on the hills, we see a messenger. And he's running towards the city. He's running and he's shouting, good news. And Isaiah says, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news. Beautiful feet? Yes. The feet are beautiful because they're carrying a beautiful message. What's the message? That despite Jerusalem's destruction, Israel's God still reigns as king, and that God himself is going to one day return to this city, take up his throne, and bring peace. And the watchmen sing for joy because of the good news that their God still reigns. Now in the New Testament, we find this same phrase, the good news. It's the Greek word euangelion, and it's also sometimes translated with the word gospel. So when Christians say, do you believe the gospel, they mean, do you believe the news? But not just any news. In the Bible, this phrase is always about the announcement of the reign of a new king. And in the New Testament, the Gospels use this phrase to summarize all of Jesus' teachings. They say that he went about proclaiming the good news of God's kingdom. So Jesus saw himself as the messenger, bringing the news that God reigns. Yes, but the way that he described God's reign, it surprised everybody. I mean, think, a powerful, successful kingdom. It needs to be strong, able to impose its will, able to defeat its enemies. But Jesus said the greatest person in God's kingdom was the weakest, the one who loves and who serves the poor. And he said that you live under God's reign when you respond to evil by loving your enemies and forgiving them and seeking peace. This is an upside-down kingdom. Now, Jesus also said that this kingdom was arriving with him. Yeah, so for example, there's this really interesting story where there's a high-ranking Roman officer, and he comes to Jesus begging him to heal his servant. And he even calls Jesus his Lord, acknowledging that Jesus is his authority. Jesus praises this man for recognizing what no one else yet had, that not only was Jesus announcing God's kingdom, he was the king. And so the word gets out that this Jewish man from Galilee is talking and acting like he's the king of Israel. He's appointing 12 disciples, which are an image of Israel's 12 tribes. He's healing people forgiving people their sins. And all of this so threatened Israel's leaders that they finally decide to have him killed. And Jesus let them. Yeah, which is a weird thing to do if you're trying to become king. That's right. But for Jesus, this is what had to happen. 
Jesus saw the sin and the devastation of his people Israel as just one small part of the entire human condition. How all humanity has rebelled against God, resulting in the tragedy and devastation of our whole world. So how is God going to bring his reign over such a world? Jesus believed it would be through an act of sacrificial love for his enemies. This is why in the Gospels, Jesus' crucifixion is depicted as his enthronement as the king of the Jews. Yeah, he receives a crown. He also receives a robe. He's exalted up, not onto a throne, but onto the cross. How beautiful are the feet that bring good news. And the good news now is that Jesus has defeated death and that he reigns as king, that he's dealt with our sin and corruption himself and that he's conquered it with his life and with his love. And then Jesus sends his followers to go out and keep announcing this good news of the upside down kingdom. And to invite everyone to give their allegiance to him, the king who defeated death with his love. Wasn't that a great video? You know, God has always had his plan, and his plan was to establish the kingdom of God on earth. And Jesus came as the herald, as the one who announced the good news to the world that the kingdom is here. You know, a great passage in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, if you look at the uh, slide right here, in verse, at the beginning of his ministry, this is what Jesus says. From that time on, Jesus began to preach Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. At the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, he announced that the kingdom is near. You know, the better translation is the kingdom is here. The kingdom has come now. Uh, and it is such a, it's such a great scripture because he talks about two things in this passage at the beginning of his ministry. One is repentance and the ability to change our mind as we learn about what the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. Oftentimes in the Bible, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven are synonymous with each other. And so when you hear about kingdom of God, you, it's also talking about the kingdom of heaven and vice versa. But the first thing we learn about it is that when Jesus brought the message, right, or announced the good news of the kingdom of God, the first thing he talked about was to repent because the kingdom is here. As we look at another passage in Matthew uh, chapter 4, verse 23, it says, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. In Matthew 24, in verse 12 to 14, it it reads, Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. The last passage I have on this is Jesus speaking. But he said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God, to the other towns also, because that is why I was sent. And so from the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, the thing he talked about the most was about the kingdom of God and how we must repent in order for us to understand what the kingdom of God is. So what is the kingdom of God? 
Well, the kingdom in, in the Greek word for kingdom is basilia, which means God's reign or rule over a people. It, it's, it's this word that carries the idea that it, it's a reign and the rule of God. It's used 162 times in the New Testament. And it's also about righteousness that, that reigns in the kingdom of right standing. It, it, if I had to sum it up, what the kingdom is, it, it's, it's God's reign and rule. It's how he does things in the world. That's what the kingdom of God is. Sometimes it's easy to think the kingdom is the church. And, and that's been one of our challenges, uh, in the ICOC fellowship of churches that I believe we're pretty malnourished about kingdom of God teaching. The kingdom of God is, the church is not the kingdom of God. It's just one colony or outpost within the kingdom of God. It's like uh, a, a, a star in the universe. That's what the church is like, a star in, in so much of a bigger, bigger plan. And it's amazing that we get to be in God's church. But when God's kingdom came, Jesus was talking about the way God does things, the way he does things in the world and how it influences things. And when we do things God's way, it usually is the best way. And what I'm so inspired by is, is, is the fact that we get to learn about the kingdom. But how do you, how should we think about the kingdom? Well, one of the first things about the kingdom is that there's a revolutionary mindset that Jesus talked about in order to understand the kingdom. Like in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, he talked about repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. And so we must learn this term repentance, which is about the changing of our mind. Noah means mindset. And, and Noah says mind or mindset. And it's going from a certain worldview that you have and you're moving to a God view or a kingdom view. It's, it's this idea of how you make sense of the world and your philosophy of life, the rules by which you play the game of life. And yet when we become disciples of Jesus, we learn to repent. We learn to change the way we think from our own worldview, our own perspective, our way of thinking into God's way of thinking, God's way of looking at the world and a kingdom mindset. And this kind of mindset is revolutionary. It is something you must, we must learn to do. It doesn't just happen. You don't just walk into the church and next thing you know, you have a different mindset. We must learn that when we read the Bible and the word of God and we pray and we get spiritual people in our lives so we get that influence, our minds can begin to become more like God's and like Jesus where our mindset changes. Well, it's not only just a revolutionary mindset, though, about the kingdom. There's a revolutionary message. And the kingdom of God is about the age to come breaking into the present age. Isn't that cool? It, so if you have to think about it, think about it this way. Think about it like heaven's way breaking into this world and influencing everything in the world. Now that's a revolutionary message. And that's what I'm so inspired by when Jesus talked about his kingdom, because we got a lot of challenges in the world today. I know many of us feel stressed out of our minds as we're talking about different uh, things in, that's going on in the world with COVID-19. That's been a, a big hit to everyone all over the world. And uh, our prayers go out to those who have been tremendously affected by it. But as the different deaths that we've seen amongst our African-American uh, community, you know, my heart goes out to our African-American brothers and sisters and, and, and different, uh, 
people who are are having difficult times because of what is happening. And, you know, Grace and I have been learning to educate ourselves. We're trying to work on it. We're trying to look at our biases and our 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 ways of thinking that that could be racist or or prejudicial or even discriminatory and and i believe that's the way to go is, is to educate ourselves so that we can grow and repent but one of the things about god's kingdom it's 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 how things are in heaven breaking in to this present age and influencing everything and that that's always been god's plan and that's what i love about this message that Jesus' message was revolutionary. It, it'll it'll change everything if we can stick to that message. And that will be the challenge. We will also be part of a revolutionary ministry as, as, we're, as the kingdom of God breaks into the world. It's a message of Jesus that is about a revolution, not an institution. Sometimes we can think the church is like this institution, right? It, but the church is wherever we go. The, it's all about the people, right? Wherever the people goes, that's where the church goes. And when we take, and when we're part of God's kingdom, the reign and rule that reigns in, of God, that reigns in our hearts can, wherever we go, we can take that and it influences uh, everyone and everything around us. And that is what is so inspirational about God's kingdom. And I'm encouraged to be in a ministry that will uphold the kingdom of God over everything. And well, what about this kingdom, though? Well, Jesus is our king in this kingdom. This is who we follow. This is who our king is, who has certain values, has certain principles. And we learn to adhere, prescribe, and obey those principles in how we are supposed to live. Many of you have heard of the Ser Sermon on the Mount. And the Sermon of the Mount is the most radical sermon ever. It's the most radical lifestyle ever. It's so revolutionary. It's so difficult to do. And yet, this is the call of every Christian who, who dares to follow Jesus is that we live the Sermon on the Mount and it's really a lifestyle. It's a mindset. It's a lifestyle and it's incredibly transformational. And in the kingdom, you know, there's so many passages in the Old Testament that talk about the kingdom that would be coming and when Jesus came, how it would influence the whole world. I want to be part of that. I want to be part of a, a group of people, of God's people that are involved in changing the world. That's, that's part of the reason why I became a Christian. That's part of the reason why I went into the ministry, because I was so inspired that in the kingdom of God, we serve Jesus, who is our king. And I love that about Jesus. He is a great king. But in the kingdom of God, there's also different things that we look at. In the kingdom, there's a rule of law in the kingdom. There's the Bible. There's the word of God that is our authority. And it is the thing that we go by and only go by. And that, that is what is, what, what is so challenging about being a Christian and following the Bible. And, and in the midst of all the turmoil going on in the world today, I believe the Bible has the answers. And if we dive into it and look at it and study it and educate ourselves more about what whatever the topic is, right? What is God's perspective and what does he say about that topic? 
about racism. What does the word of God say about that? Because racism existed in the Bible between the Jews and the Gentiles. Tremendous racism uh, was found in the Bible, and yet God's people were able to work together, to be unified, to be a community that loved their enemies and, and reached out to their enemies and, and didn't revolt uh, uh, in, in a way that caused sin amongst the disciples. They were able to speak up, stand up, show up, but in ways that people would be moved and thinking, what's different about those people? The Word of God does that. If we follow the Word of God, we'll do great in the midst of different challenges that go on. One of the other things about the kingdom of God is that it is a new world government. You know, in the midst of all that's happening, the election is going to be coming up. And I know I've been sitting in meetings where a lot of disciples, uh, including myself, are talking about who we're going to vote for. You know, and in God's kingdom, it's a whole new government with a whole new leader, with a whole new king, with whole new rules in it. And it's not business as usual in God's kingdom. And this government that we're in, uh, in God's kingdom, we give up our allegiances to the world to be loyal to Jesus, our king, and his values. And, and I want to encourage our church to pay attention to that. Because in the midst of the election coming up and different talks about people going, well, who we're going to vote for? Is it, Am I going to be Republican or Democrat or liberal or conservative or left or right? You know, you can dive into the different politics that are going on in the world. But in God's kingdom, one of the things that makes it so unique is we live under a new government, a new leader with new rules and new values. And we must put aside all, you know, uh, politics here and there and, and be able to be uh, loyal to God's word and his values more than anything that's going on in our political system today. That's the hope we have because we can, we can deal with issues as long as we are always looking at the word of God. I'm not saying you can't venture into politics. I'm not saying you can't venture into different affairs of the world. Absolutely, we should be involved in it, right? The gospel in Matthew 24 is talking about the, the good news of the gospel is to be proclaimed to the whole world. So we should be in the world. We should be in these types of affairs. But at the same time, we need to make sure we're understanding who we're following, what we're following, and what we're going to obey by the word of God. And that's the kind of government we get to live under. And uh, that's what's so inspiring about the kingdom of God. Amen. And I'm, I'm encouraged, you know, just recently, as we do that, as we follow the rule of law in the kingdom and, and understand the government that we're a part of in the kingdom of God, God transforms the world that we live in. You know, the other week, uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, the teens, some of the teen families got to participate in a peaceful protest. And to be honest, that's the first protest I've ever participated in. And I was very moved by it. And I got to see our teens. They're, they were fired up. They were holding their signs up for Black Lives Matter. And, and obviously, we, we're, we're supporting our African-American brothers and sisters and, and standing for justice, fighting against oppression, standing for, you know, showing love. And, and giving hope and and supporting uh, that cause and our brothers and sisters who are going through different challenges there. But I cried for the first 15 minutes of that protest. 
one, I was so challenged. But secondly, I felt very proud to be in the kingdom of God and to stand next to my brothers and sisters who are also protesting peacefully for love, standing up for love and grace and hope, but also justice and what that looks like and loving one another. I was very moved by that. And, you know, as the kingdom of God, as the reign and rule of God live within our hearts and and we do get into the world's affairs, I do believe it can produce change. It may not be the kind of change that perhaps we want right now or happens this quickly, but it does produce change over time. So I want to encourage us to stick with the kingdom of God and and be inspired by the kingdom and learn as much as you can about God's reign and rule and how that not only affects our life, but our lives, but affects the world in which we live in. But the kingdom has a certain culture. The Sermon on the Mount is about the Beatitudes, right? The different, the attitudes of kingdom living. And this culture is different. It's, it's an upside down way of living. It's countercultural to the world. And I think that's something we got to understand. We got to understand that kingdom living is upside down living. It's next level thinking that's so different than the world, but it's also countercultural to the world. Imagine a salmon that is swimming upstream, right? That, that's what countercultural is, is you're going against the norms. You know, you're going against uh, the grain, if you will. And the kingdom of God is always going to go against the grain. Not, that's what is so inspiring about it. And that's what will change our world is and change our society is by seeing how the kingdom is so upside down and so countercultural. We get to be citizens of the kingdom of God as we follow Jesus. And what I love about being a kingdom citizen is that I know it changes the world. I know when we live this way, it changed the world in the first century. It's changing the world that we live in right now. We are, we get to be part of something very, very special. And so why is it important to know this though? Why is it important to know all about the kingdom of God and how Jesus came as a herald to talk about the kingdom, to announce the kingdom to his people? Well, it's important to know because it's so that we get in the battle here. It's a battle for the souls for God. But it's not only just a battle for people's souls. It's a battle for a new way of living, a new type of society that can live in the 21st century that isn't just mainstream, that is very different, that we do have answers to racism. We do have answers to prejudice. We do have answers to people feeling hopeless and isolated. There is love that can happen in this world that we love our enemies. We can do that. People can come together. We can have a unified church and a unified country if we obey kingdom of God rules and obey the Bible. It's so inspiring, and that's the hope we have. But it's important to also know this is so that we can also teach our, our younger brothers and sisters to, to, to get in the battle or continue in the battle. Uh, I know Different people are doing different late night prayers right now to pray for peace. 
That makes a difference. I know some of you are out there sharing your faith and, and studying the Bible with people. And, we, and it was great to see a, a baptism just happen this past week. That's awesome. And, it, and the kingdom will influence things one soul at a time, one heart at a time, one mind at a time. So it's so important that we know these things about God's kingdom so that not only do we get in the battle, we teach our young, younger folks to, to rise up, you know, and, and to do what they love doing, which is getting involved. I love our, our campus singles and teens and our fellowship. And I love our marriage ministry and, and, and our older generation as well, still in the, still in the fight here. And man, I'm so inspired by, what I've been seeing in our church over the last couple months through COVID-19, how we're trying to work through different things right now in our fellowship, starting different groups that, uh, that, that work toward more diversity, understanding what racism looks like, prejudice looks like, discrimination looks like, and, and trying to get some solutions in it to how we can, uh, have solutions to these problems, not only in the church, but in the world as well. So I want to talk about a practical before I close out tonight, today. And here's the practical. Is what can you do? What's the takeaway from today's lesson? Is to pray and pursue the kingdom of God. Pray and pursue God's reign and God's rule. In Matthew 6, verse 33 to 34, it says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. You know, one of the things that Jesus says that we could do is seek first his kingdom. He's not talking about seeking first the church and what the church is like. He's talking about seeking first God's reign and God's rule, how God does things. And the only way we're going to be able to do that is, is to be better students in the word of God that we can learn to study the word so we understand how God handles things. So when you look at different challenges in the world, a question we should have is, well, what would God say about that? What would Jesus do about that? What does his word say how we should perhaps handle that rather than just be thinking out of emotion or or experience or perhaps even logic? You know, we want to look at what God is saying in all of this because he has the answers. And it's in his kingdom that we're going to find it and influence the world. And so what did we learn today? We learned that Jesus was a herald that came to announce the good news of the kingdom of God being established on earth. We also learned that in the kingdom, Jesus talked about a revolutionary mindset of repentance that, that we must learn to change our mind in the way we see things and the way we view things and the way we think about things. That we move from a worldview to a kingdom view, from a me-centered view to a Jesus-centered view. We've also learned that in God's kingdom, there's a revolutionary message of upside-down principles called the Sermon on the Mount which is profound. It's hard. It's difficult to do, but it's incredibly transformational and incredibly rewarding. We've also learned about a revolutionary ministry of the age to come breaking into this present day and age and influencing everything that it touches. 
I want to be a part of a ministry like that. Why is all this, these things important to know? It's so we understand the significant role we play in today's world. And so as we engage in the world, as we engage in different protests, as we engage in prayer, I heard a sister, Ari, was talking to Torrent City officials, you know, to, to create a, ta- a diversity task force so we can address some of the different challenges in the Torrent school systems. So inspiring. As we engage like that, you know, it's important to understand our role in it, that wow, we, as we engage, we can make a difference in today's world. Well, what's the takeaway? Well, let's pray and pursue the kingdom of God today. Let's pray and pursue the kingdom of God today. As we go about our week, as we go about our month, as we go about going into the rest of this year, I pray that we will be thinking about some of these things that we talked about today, that Jesus was the herald that got to announce the good news of the kingdom. I pray that we'll seek it. I pray we'll pray for it. I pray we will pursue it. And we'll see God's influence change and transform the world in which we live in today. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your attention. Thank you for joining us. I hope this has been educational and inspiring for you. If you'd like to know more, please join us by going to study.laicc.net and we'll be happy to contact you and help you in any way we can.